insert the first segment of the podcast being Mike giving dating advice. <laughs> I mean, don't tempt me. Mike, what do you got? All right. Seriously, though, first of all, don't do that on a first date. That's a really bad idea. <laughs> that is a red flag. Crying uncontrollably, typically not very attractive. What unless you you're you've, been right, you've met the right woman. Yeah. <laughs> unless you're at like a crying convention and people are like, oh, my, his tears are so salty. I knew you were going to say salty. I knew you were going to say salty. Because I was going to say it, too. Hello, and welcome back to Creativity and Chaos, a 1L2N podcast. I'm Amy, and I'm joined by Mike and Tommy. What the hell, man? Which one's which? <laughs> we're a family of creatives going through the story writing process, and we're bringing you along for the ride. You can tell there's a clear distinction between our voices. For those who can't tell. You can tell there's a clear distinction between our voices. <laughs> the one that sounds like an asshole is always Mike. That's what I was, was going to say. <laughs> Glass half full is me. Glass half empty is Mike. <laughs> Glass half full is me. Glass half empty is Mike. See, that guy sounds like he's got a lot of optimism. He has not had the world destroy him yet. My glass isn't half empty. It's in a superimposed state of both half empty and half full. That's, being, that's called being a realist. You know, I was thinking about this week. I no, think Mike, I, I don't think we ever know mentally, what you're thinking about. <laughs> just I why mentally, when you get on the podcast, you're like, you know what I was thinking about? We're like, oh boy, here he goes. What's it going to be? I'm ready for it. I think I disproved the multiverse theory through thought alone. Okay. Go for it. Here's how big brain I am, and I'm sure all our listeners are going to be like, this guy's an idiot. If the multiverse was real, right? If there was, if there was alternate realities and alternate dimensions, there's only a couple possibilities. First of all, they don't exist. Second of all, there's absolutely no way to ever contact any of them. Or third of all, we are totally incapable of contacting them. So what you figure is you take your, your typical cinematic multiverse idea, which is like, there's a copy of you and every action has an alternate action. And, you know, there's infinite number of choices. One of those like versions of me would have reached across the multiverse. They would have figured out a way to do it scientifically. And they would have reached across the, the universe to all other versions of me and been like, yo, the multiverse is real. I don't like I, this is literally right? your villain plan. And it's or me. or somebody else who who is like crazy villain across all of those multiverses. They would have reached across and told every single person, hey, the multiverse is real. Yeah, somebody would have by now. But it's it's not happened. So I think that disproves it. Do you think the multiverses are all taking place at the same time? So technology has not gotten to the point of that yet. Tommy, did, any did you others? not just hear me that I said it, it didn't exist? I disproved it? <laughs> I just disproved the multiverse? But wouldn't in one of the multiverses it would have? Yes, exactly. In one of the multiverses, there is some civilization that has reached a level that can reach across the multiverses, right? So there, there's a couple things. Either it's impossible to reach across, and they do exist, which is a possibility, and that's currently what, you know, yeah, I guess it could be right now. But I think it's more likely it just doesn't exist, and I'm smart enough to have proved it. I went to a drag brunch today. And? To, was there race cars? <laughs> yeah. There's race cars dancing to Celine Dion. 
<laughs> I'd like to see uh, a race car back it up like that. I'm sure there's some <laughs> Rule 34 cars something no, for you. No, I I don't want to know. There's not. There's Rule 35. What's Rule 35? If it doesn't exist, it can be created. <laughs> oh, wait, but why? Is that some multiverse nonsense? Wait, yeah, doesn't this also disprove your disproving theory? No, no, it's specifically <laughs> based upon Rule 34. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tommy, God, the internet so stupid. Told me something the other day, and it kind of blew my mind that fan fiction was just Rule 34 written out, and I was like, "Oh, how mm-hmm. dare you!" What else I did mean, I say? This is I. I go on my like. Yeah, whenever we drive in the same car together, I have like ADD adventures with Emi, and it's just like a stream of consciousness coming out at all times. Yeah. So one of one of my other thoughts was that tattoos are just human bumper stickers. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. Because <laughs> once you put a bumper sticker on, it's never coming off. No, it's not. And the only thing you can do is cover it, it up. Yeah. That's yeah. Gross. Oh, it's a really good. Yeah, it's a good thought. I was trying Isn't to keep Erin entertained the other night when she was bored, and so I was doing that. ADHD stream of consciousness doing like whatever comes to my mind. I ask her a question. So I saw that we had a shark vacuum, which we have. And I was just like, I wonder why they called it a shark. What's a better name for an animal controlled vacuum? And then we spent like a solid five minutes trying to figure it out. And it was such a great time for me. And I think she hates me now. She's just, she's like, I can't believe I married this idiot. And then once that moved on, I'd be like, what's a better name for a toaster? We should brand a toaster and, and call it something like the uh, the uh, opossum or something, you know, something weird. The, but a toaster uh, isn't an animal toaster's name. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. So you're gonna the, name a it, shark like, an isn't, it shouldn't be a vacuum, right? What, how does a shark vacuum? With its mouth? It's vacuum. She brought up whale. A whale would be a much better name. I, yeah, but I a agree, whale, actually. No, but a whale is more of a filter. But so not, that should be like no. a Brita instead of a... Well, I guess... What, what does a vacuum kind of, do? It sucks up dirt. It doesn't filter dirt. It's basically doing that. It filters dirt through science. <laughs> I think shark is just a good marketing term. You're not going to buy the whale vacuum. You're going to buy the <laughs> shark vacuum. <laughs> yeah, but there's got to be a better animal. I mean, come on. The opossum toaster? I was thinking... It's just the opossum. Oh, it could be called like yeah. the raccoon because the raccoons will eat friggin' anything. The instant browner. I don't actually remember what the, the toaster instant... idea I had. Oh, the toaster. It was, it was I was something... talking about the vacuum. Yeah, I know. It's, this is all over the place. Uh, vacuum wise, you know, it could be any animal. I think we should make a knockoff vacuum company called the the minnow or the the something like that. Maybe <laughs> like a tiny vacuum. Uh, the tadpole. The tadpole. There you go. These are all That's terrible the ideas. The tadpole is the t- well. Yeah. This is this is how I kept her entertained. I would just ask her the dumbest things that came to my mind as soon as they did without filter. This would keep me entertained. One brain cell. She was trying to take a nap. Nope. <laughs> Zero naps for you. Answer my dumb husband questions. <laughs> What's another name for? A it was bridge? also like seven thirty at night, and she was just bored. So I mean, as a husband, my job is to entertain. What's that horrible saying? Happy wife, happy life. I think just like happy people, happy life. In general? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I prefaced it with what's that horrible saying? I Find know. I'm just dang happy. Can't be canceled. Dab. I can be canceled more so for a dab than I can for That's true. what I said. You know what? So here we are. I think uh, I think we're going to start the boycott Tommy campaign right now. <laughs> Tommy smells bad and he boycott always wears Tommy. holes in his shirts that are I not have... supposed to be there. Okay. Thank you. First <laughs> Just because your shirts. 
Boycott, Amy. Okay, for not being able to speak the English language. <laughs> the only language I ever learned. Amy, how was the drag lunch? Yeah, we never got to this. It was actually really good. I've been to a sort of drag show. It was drag bingo before, and that was a lot of fun. But this is different because it was like way more focused on the drag queens themselves. And I actually really enjoyed it. There's definitely some acts that were like, oh, sweetie no <laughs> like they were trying to be entertaining but it just felt like the wrong kind of crowd and it wasn't like anything too sexual it, it, this was actually uh like a family drag brunch even though there was no kids there so it was like more tame as far as what their acts could have been but this one person i'm not gonna name names not that they're ever gonna hear but who you never know they basically did like more of a kid song as their song and it just I don't know it just felt really cheesy and kind of corny so it was just interesting seeing like the different levels of talent like it just felt like a very interesting talent show but it, the energy was really nice and like all of the people I guess like there's like a group of of people in the area that love going to all these shows and will go to like every single drag show that there is and it's like a huge like following and I'm like that's pretty cool and the person I went with her son is a drag queen and she was beautiful she did she was the one that did Celine Dion she actually did a death drop which I don't know if you guys know what a death drop is but it's like where they like fall on their back with their leg one leg like out and the other leg bent she jumped on the bar that they had there and she went to drop jump off and apparently her kneecap popped and then she went into a death drop like from dropping from the bar and cut her boot and her knee and she said when she was in the back took her boots off and her leg was just like covered in blood and so (laughs) but that was the first act that she did they have like two parts so she was just like yeah it's just like the stuff that happens at drag i'm like what the oh my gosh so cool knowing that after the fact i mean it sucked that she got injured but it's cool knowing that after the fact because her second her second number was really good and i had no idea she was in like a lot of pain while doing it so i was like dang it's an art form you've and, been there yeah that's true i have i have been there being in a lot of pain while <laughs> trying to perform so the person i went with she's been considering becoming a drag king just because she's so into the whole drag thing because she there goes there like to all of his shows to support him and she's been thinking about becoming a drag king and she's like you should do it for fun just like try it out like we're gonna have like a little at home show like if you want to dress up and I'm like listen I did theater but that's a whole different theater like this I'm so embarrassed and not because people do that like I just know I'd embarrass myself like I can't be all sexy and like hey look at me like I I just couldn't do it I wouldn't I'm not that kind of performer mad props to them I just know that personally I couldn't do it because I'd be like all right let's do the Macarena (laughs) so yeah it was it was a lot of fun I definitely I definitely want to go again that's cool I I totally love the concept of drag shows they just don't interest me at all but I do love seeing people just like giving it all for their performance and just having a blast and I guess that's like the 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 draw for drag shows there's the the performance aspect in general the the theatrical nature to it the over the top nature and stuff my woodsy why my woodsiness just doesn't now if somebody was trying to dress up as like trees or something oh boy that would be fantastic. <laughs> I think someone has. <laughs> I, there's so many different acts out there. I mean, especially with RuPaul's Drag Race, like yeah. really brought it into the market, like this kind of, I don't want to say sideshow, because I feel like that cheapens what they do. But it, 
it's like a, a more of like a burlesque it's, act where it's like you've, you've heard about it, but you don't like know about it, you know, whereas I was going to say it's like a freak show, but the good kind of freak, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah. yeah. I would love to see like a club version of their drag show because you can tell they were definitely holding back a little bit. So, you know, it's definitely more like family friendly obviously i definitely want to see more i would love to see it in a different environment than the one we saw it in just to see them give even more of their all and see their full acts and stuff so yeah that's that's me that's what i did something i wanted to talk about today was the idea of like i'm a homebody i love going out and doing things i love being invited places i love hanging out with friends and experiencing new things but the act of like getting myself to that activity like on the way there, I was like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Not because I didn't want to see the drag queens, not because I didn't want to see my friend, not because I didn't want to see her son. Like none of that. It was just like, I don't, I could be at home in my pajamas doing what I want to do. Like, I don't want to go out. But as soon as I was out, I was like, I'm having a great time. This is so much fun. And I come home. I'm like, I had such a great time. I'm so glad I went. And I feel like a lot of times creativity is like that as well, is you're like, I don't want to be creative. I don't want to make the thing. I don't want to do it. But then once you make it, you're like, that was so great. I'm a genius. I can't believe I don't always do this. But I think like, what do you, I, maybe it's just me, but do you guys ever have that experience of like holding yourself back from achieving greatness because you're like, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I mean, I achieve greatness by just existing. So. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, anxiety and like that whole, you know, undiagnosed ADHD like aspect is, is a huge aspect in, in life in general that. I know I need to do something or I know that something is good for me that I really enjoy. My biggest one right now is like going for bike rides because I've been trying to bike to work and I feel so amazing after I finish biking. It's just like, mm. you know, standard working out. Like you feel great when you're done. But before you start, a lot of times you're like, I don't want to do this. I'm going to get sweaty. It's going to, you know, hurt. I'm going to be sore. But then you finish and you're like, man, I'm sore and sweaty. And that was awesome. I'm like, wow, I'll do that again. Yeah. So I think it's the same with creativity. It's it's something that you know you need to do and you fight against it. I am often anxious. I don't actually think anybody's going to enjoy the stuff that I create or that it will be made fun of and that it'll be, you know, something that I don't want to put out there. And so you do have to get over that hurdle to go actually do things to, you know, enact change, make something better. For for me it's it's figuring out how to harness that creativity that inspiration how can i thinking from a capitalist mindset how can i profit off of my inspiration and essentially just basically make music with it and it's something it's like a question that i've tried to answer yet i have no answer and i've tried to answer it for like two years now and i think there's a lot of factors that go into it but there is not a singular this is the reason like for me i definitely think This year, comparative to last, I have not worked out as much this year. And I think that goes into a lot of my creative process and being creative. I think working out, it's just something you get more energy, you feel more motivated, therefore you want to do the things you want to excel at. So I think that's part of it. Another part of it is like time, like working at the farm job, even though I like it, it's time consuming and it is exhausting at the end of the day, but it's like, that's what's making the money. So, you know, you kind of want to do that. So it's like this weird like balancing act of trying to figure out yeah that's that's what it or that's how I 
feel about creativity and just like life in general is just one big balancing act of like, okay, how do I keep everyone happy while keeping myself happy while doing the things I want to do and making sure everyone else gets to do the things they want to do. And it's so, so strange. And I don't have a definitive answer for it. I just know like things that help me be creative, not things, not like I drink three monsters before I wake up. And then I have a bowl of cereal and then I have three bagels as well. (laughs) Yeah, that's how I'm creative. But to your point of like, when I do create this, this piece of art, something I'm legitimately proud of, something that I know a couple months from now, I'll go back and listen to and I'll be like, that's good. I always feel good after it. I always feel good. And then I always ask myself, how did I get to that? I'm like, that was so creative. That was so much fun. How did I do that right then? Like right now, nothing's coming. I don't know. I think it's also a, I know I'm on a tangent right now, but part of being creative and and this is not just like the harnessing part, but rather the don'ts, things I know do not help me be creative is getting me in that like negative feedback loop of like, well, I'm not creative now, so I'm not going to be and oh, I don't really want to do music because I'm tired and then oh, I'm not following my dreams. So ah, whatever. And it's just like this negative feedback loop where I just keep pouring in negativity i keep pouring in this like i'm not good enough self self-loathing i guess is the best way to describe it and i feel like self-loathing usually is a negative feedback loop and that never helps in fact that is like the worst thing for creativity for me yeah you know i'm always interested because i don't understand how a lot of people that can be very successful how they don't have that sort of self-loathing like isn't that just part of of us like yeah part isn't of, that like, everybody humans or is yeah. it just me hey guys help you know how do they get through life like I, I know so many really successful people that you know they they wake up and they plan out their day and they like eat the right things and they jog and they do everything that you're supposed to do and they're they're living a great happy life like yeah it's easy you just do it it's like yeah but you you're a you're a unicorn you're a freak like how in the <laughs> world do you do that because i i feel especially as like a creative type person you know obviously we do a lot of this because we like the feedback and the attention and the the attaboys and pats in the back and that sort of thing yeah and just you know that expression is like hey it's it's validation for yourself and for the way that you think you you put together a piece of music and you play it for people and they're like wow that was really awesome i like this part and i like that part and you're like yes i am a human being yeah so it makes you feel really good yeah yeah that self-loathing that comes is very detrimental to creativity i would do say at the same time though like sometimes pushing through that creativity is a bad idea because then if you don't come up with some kind of inspiration and it it kind of resent uh, it yeah yeah absolutely they're like well i just suck at this i'm the worst music maker story writer blah 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 just because you can't do something yeah Uh, there's so many of like these self-help self-advice like here's what i did and here's why i think i'm successful and that's obviously a retrospect onto why people think they were successful but i just think that catalyst is different for everyone and finding it is what you have to do and finding that is oftentimes very hard and some people never find it i think also that that idea that like here's how i found success so you will find it this way is often very short-sighted because you're uh, yeah. assuming that everybody comes from the same spot that you're coming from exactly and that you don't have any kind of you know differences in, in life in general yeah i mean oftentimes a lot of people doing that like here's how to be successful are trying to sell you success and that's yeah. why they are successful 
exactly yeah they're like buy my book and you'll figure out why and i'm like oh yeah. okay i see what you did yeah i think it's more of just like a some routines work better for other people and like some things make people happier i don't know like i, I guess it's just like finding what works for you understanding you as a human i guess people trying to sell that success are oftentimes maybe looking for their own validation through their lifestyle just like we are with yeah. music you know yeah it probably is it's like this is what i did and i'm a real person please acknowledge it i also think that it's interesting i think mike was saying this earlier how you're like oh wait other people like hate themselves too or whatever there's so many people that feel the same way that we do that have so much anxiety or so much self-doubt or so much self you know deprecation about their abilities and whether that's creative or not and that may i feel like it's so interesting because it's like i'm the only one feeling that it's like everyone feels so confident but even people who are amazing at what they do are still like god i hope people like this and it's like how like you're a genius and we're all just human you know we're all like even i'm sure like i don't know Katy Perry and Bon Jovi are still like, yeah, I've got a lot of years and a lot of experience underneath me. But at any moment, someone could be like, wow, she's actually crap and turn against them. So I think when it comes to especially creativity, it's so interesting doubting yourself because like it doesn't matter because there's so much art out there. And whether you're good or not, if it's something that you love, why not just do it? And I say that knowing full well, I'm not going to take my own advice, but it is so interesting. Like why, like, why wouldn't you just, if you love it, if you enjoy doing it, just do it. Like why self-doubt? Like who cares if it's bad? Are you doing this for others or if you're doing this for yourself? And if you're doing it for others, then maybe you're doing it for the wrong reasons. I don't know. I, I also right? think that if. No, if you're like, all right, I, I make music and I make music to share it with others. And sometimes I make music to just, you know, play around and have fun by myself. But I think that you can have both at the same time. You can do something for yourself and others and be totally fine. I think so as well. I think, though, at the core, when I'm making music, it's I guess maybe it is like this weird societal thing of like, I want to please others. I want validation from others. But maybe it's it's also just like a satisfaction of knowing after the fact, listening to something and saying, hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> that is pretty good. I'm proud of me. Like pat on the back. That's why I think it's for both is because yeah. if it's truly just for you, you wouldn't have a desire to share it with anybody. In the way that we typically do. Yep, I agree. I mean, it's something that, that gives you a lot of joy and you want to share that joy with other people. I get it. Bon Jovi and Katy Perry were the two examples of artists that Amy immediately <laughs> came to mind. She's like, these are the ones that I have to talk about. No, I just was like, who, you I'm, know how? I'm surprised like Taylor Swift didn't enter the mix. No. I'm not a big fan of Taylor Swift. I mean, good for her and her career. I'm just not a big fan of her songs. I think she has one or two good songs, but. At any moment. A fan could turn on her. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just feel like a lot of her stuff is like sad girl music. And if I'm going to go like a lot of sad girl music, I'm going to go sad girl music. I'm going to go Evanescence. Please and thank you. That's angsty. Exactly. That's angsty sad girl. That's different. But I don't. I you don't like upbeat sad girl. That's what you're saying. Um, High energy sad girl. High energy yeah, sad sure. girl. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, you do. But I don't. I. Is but I'm a, not. Orla Gartland. But okay. Yeah, yeah. I love Orla Gartland stuff, but. I feel like with Taylor Swift, 
a lot of her sad girl songs are slow and sad and I'm just not in, I'm like that's fine you still got a little country in you and that's totally fine people love it people love her stuff and that's okay I'm just not a big fan and that's also okay sounds like you hate her yeah that's what I'm saying uh, I think those fans would think that Ugh. <laughs> look when it comes to Taylor Swift you either adore her and think she is the best musician to ever grace music or you are a blasphemous hater and you just want to see her perish. And it sounds like Amy is on the, the latter. Okay. What spectrum are you guys on? She's all right. Yeah, yeah wait, say, so wait a minute. Wait I was going to say, according to the scale, I think I'm on the perishable side. Because <laughs> uh, honestly, I haven't listened to any of her stuff. So I can't, I don't have. You know, opinion. shake it off. Yeah, I know like a few songs, but none of like her recent albums. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you haven't done a deep dive into the discography. I'm sorry, Ooh. into the Swiftography. I don't know. Oh, the Swift Swiftography. 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 It's like that immediate give, give up. Like this Swift. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. So what? what's your favorite song, Mike? I really like Comfortably Numb by Pink Floyd. It's a oh, great song. Okay. All right. I just checked. It's 82 in this room. That sounds like a you problem for sure. It's not terrible. It will be terrible in about 30 minutes. Well, let's hurry to podcast up. What else we got to talk about? How Mike <laughs> smells? Okay, well, he smells pretty bad. No. I'm assuming. I don't know. I don't ever smell him. That's one thing. I feel like Mike's always like, oh, I smell terrible. But anytime I've actually like visited him or hung out with him, I he never smells bad. That's yeah. because... He protects himself when other people are around. This is true. I have to keep up appearances. You know what we should talk about is the death of the movie theater. Okay, wait, wait. Do we want to talk about this now or do we want to wait? Because this would be a good thing for Missy because I feel like she could bring more personal experience to this. I mean, but she could, but she, she also never goes to the movie. Yeah, because she hasn't gone in the movie voluntarily because of the whole COVID thing. So I feel like her opinion on it is a little biased only because she hasn't gone to the movie theater for safety reasons. But I think that's part of the reason why people are like, that is, that's not the only reason, but it, it is part of the reason why people have stopped going to the movie theater. I think like COVID has changed people's viewpoints on germs and being close to other people. And mm. I know that's not the only reason uh, why people are, are stopping to go to the movie theater, but I think it plays into that. I, I would say that that's probably the least of the major reasons. And I, I think that the biggest reason is that our TVs and our sound systems have gotten so much better and the distribution for movies, you know, it's, it's like you can go to the movies and see something or you can wait two months and it'll just be on a streaming service. So yeah. why are you going to like, you know, spend $15 on a ticket and then $15 on concessions when you're already spending half of that on a streaming service and you can watch multiple movies? I think that's one problem. And I think the other main problem that I can think of is that I have just not seen a bunch of movies coming out that I'm interested in. I think almost every single like box office bomb this year has been some sort of sequel or part of a franchise. And it's it's something I think people are getting kind of sick of. It's like, stop giving us the same crap over and over again. Oh, I think it's that Look at Disney alone. Like, my God, they, they've had so many bombs this year, but. Everything goes to Disney's streaming service within a couple months. And then at the same time, a lot of it's stuff that I would not pay to go see in the theater because I just don't want to see Indiana Jones 5 in the theater, especially considering what it probably is. Well, I think on the, in the case of Disney, it's just not special anymore. 
Like, why would I go and experience that in a theater when it that's not special? Like, in, okay, Indiana Jones 5. There's a few movies I'd like to see in theaters. Oppenheimer. It was Across the Spider-Verse. And it was Barbie. Like, these three movies. They all interest me. Oh, and, and I guess um the new Mission Impossible. I think those are all movies, personally. <laughs> I'll go see in the movie theaters. I think they're that type of experience. And I care about the next of it if it's a sequel or just sort of those movies in general. But in the specific case of Disney, I, like I've seen their two big franchises that they bought up and then they running into the ground. And I'm like, well, I can just expect this for everything they output now, because if they don't care about their biggest stuff, then why should I care about any of the other crap that they put out? Therefore, why would I want to see it in the theaters? I think that is that's that's my logic behind it. I think if, for movies, I can't remember which one of you said, if it's something like there's not special anymore. And I yeah. kind of agree is like going to the movie theater isn't special anymore. Like Mike was saying about like technology has gotten like so advanced for like at home theaters or the at home watching experience that you go to the movies because the the screen is so big and the sound is so amazing and you want to go with all your friends like I remember after high school like after school in general they like we would be like yeah let's go to the movies this weekend that kind of thing and it was like fun you're all going with your friends you're all experiencing this incredible movie or really crappy movie but it didn't matter because it was like this experience to go to the theaters with your friends but now a lot of people are like we could just do that at home with a movie that we know we all like and I think the magic of going to the movie theaters I think it was kind of happening before COVID but especially after COVID there's some somehow it kind of just like lost its charm and I don't know if it's just because everything out right now is just sequels but yes there are some things that I think would be nice to see in a big screen you have like a lot of stuff that has beautiful graphics or wonderful landscapes that you want to see on a widescreen like I don't personally want to see Dune 2 but if you're going to watch Dune 2 I think you should watch it in theater because it's a it's like that large scale feeling and I really want to see Barbie I don't have to see it in the theater I don't think it's a theater worthy movie but I want to go see it I want to see the movie I think that there's a lot of movies out there that aren't like I don't know I don't want to say theater worthy because that's not what I'm trying to say. I just think that they're better watched at home in the comfort of your own home compared to big action movie or a movie that's in space or a movie that has these beautiful, unique landscapes or whatever, where it's like, yeah, I want to see that full death, like massive screen. I think you kind of pointed on the, the bigger aspect too, is that like, because we have so many options available to watch stuff, we are all now kind of used to being able to watch whatever we want at our terms, where there used to yeah. be like one TV in a house and everybody watched a movie because that's what's happening. And so you had that sort of communal going out together to go see something. And nowadays we just don't need to do that. It's like, well, I don't really want to go see this. I'd rather just stay at home and watch this TV show or yeah. play a video game because that's what I really want want to do yeah it's like i feel like the only time we go or i go to the theaters is when tommy's like i want to go see this movie let's go i'm like okay the only thing i really wanted to see i didn't have to be in theaters but i definitely wanted to see movie was the D movie and that's because i'm a stupid nerd and i wanted to see that movie but if i didn't see it in theater i wouldn't have been upset because i like you're saying i would just watch it on a streaming service in two months when it came out or just rent it 
if you know if it's yeah, not free it. for exactly. streaming rent it for nine dollars maximum like six five four three i don't know renting movies is not a thing i usually do but i'm sure it's like but less than ten dollars yeah. yeah and yeah i think well it's the same thing of like i remember wanting to buy every single dvd that came out of like the new movie like i had all of the marvel movies and every time a new one came out i was like i gotta get that blu-ray and i gotta get even though we didn't have a blu-ray player i wanted to make sure that i had those i felt like i needed to collect them whereas now it's like okay well we have disney plus so i don't really need the dvds anymore and if i don't have the capability like if i want to stop Stop streaming Disney Plus. Okay, that's fine. I'll stop streaming. And then worst case scenario later on where I'm like, yeah, I kind of want to watch all the Star Wars. I want to watch all the Marvel or whatever. Then I'll just get Disney Plus again. And there's so many options out there these days that the the movie theater experience is just no longer, I don't know, it's no longer interesting to me. But maybe that's because I'm old now. Who knows? I don't know. Movie theaters are going to die. I will say my favorite thing about movie theaters was like midnight showings. I absolutely adored midnight showings because it was like the first to see it. It was like this weird energy in the air because everyone was up so late and we were going to get home so late. But we like were so excited to see the movie and be the first ones and, you know, talk about it the very next day. Like, yeah, I saw it at midnight. And that was like an experience. Like it was really fun. But then they started doing like the quote unquote midnight showings at like six in the evening. And I'm like, well, that's not like fun. Like, that's just like a regular viewing. I think there did used to be excitement about about going to the theater in general, like in specifically stuff like that. Like, I have to go see this. Do you think? All right. I hear I'm going to blame anti spoiler culture for ruining the movie theater experience, because that's why you would go is because you're like, I have to go see this movie before it gets spoiled for me because I know it's not going to be out for a while. But everybody's so great with not trying to spoil things that or at least, you know, not for several months. You have like a huge time to go. And I don't, I don't know, I guess just the older I get, I don't really care about spoilers anymore. There's so much media out there and I've got <laughs> so much stuff that I have to do other than consume it. Yeah. I really wanted to go see the D&D movie because I knew I was going to get spoiled for that. So for me, like I didn't mind going to see that in the theaters because I wanted to make sure that I could see it. And I'm on the internet. And even though a lot of people don't spoil things, they do like to spoil like funny moments that happen. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of just want to see this for myself. So there will definitely be movies that I want to see so that I don't get spoiled, but I don't have to rush and be the first showing anymore to see it. Now, if they had a new Pirates movie come out, maybe, you know, we'll see what happens. But I don't think that that's going to happen. Unfortunately. I think people's tastes have changed tremendously. Mm-hmm. And I think people care about something that's good, not something that's just mediocre. Yeah, I think that's definitely a big thing. We are a lot more picky with our money right now. So again, are we going to spend a boatload of money on something that's mediocre when there's other options that we can do that is probably going to be better? Yeah. Especially if we've seen something a bunch of times. Yeah, I don't know. I'd say the last movie theater experience that I had where you go into, you know, a semi-packed theater was when we saw Infinity War in Maryland, I think with Liam. No, I think that was in, I think that was in North Carolina because we brought, didn't we bring the parentals? uh, That might have been for you, but I mean, I saw it previously, but then I also saw it in in the Egyptian cinemas in Maryland. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. And I I believe I saw it with Liam there, but I can't remember. But that was like the last big experience. After that, I think it was the the 
you know, even thinking about Endgame, I don't remember seeing it in a packed theater. In fact, I think I saw it like mid afternoon, like a couple <laughs> weeks after it came out, just avoided spoilers and stuff. I just don't remember like a big experience where everybody has to go and you want to be in the theater for the shock moments. And... I think I remember the last time that I was in the theater where everyone felt like they had to be there and not for a Marvel movie, but that would be, was it Dark Knight or Dark Knight Rises? We all went to go see it and we were in honestly yeah, New Jersey Dark or Knight. something. And basically it was the entire theater except for one screen was rented out. Like it was a midnight showing. Yeah, it was like the line wrapped around the building. Because it that was the same. So that's the same thing of like Mamma Mia and The Dark Knight Rises or The Dark Knight came out like the same weekend. And I think the one screen that was open was Mamma Mia. And the other all every single other screen in there was all The Dark Knight. And it was it was it that was a really fun experience. I remember the line being wrapped around the building. And it uh, yeah, that was just so much fun. We I think I had a blast you know with you guys yeah we had kind of crappy seats but it was still still a lot of fun yeah but it, it was an experience it was like a really fun everyone was together and then streaming services came out and you're like man i'll just <laughs> stream it online now i like what we do when we all want to watch something is that we'll all watch it like okay three two one click play but be on discord and watch something on our computers to either make fun yeah. of it or enjoy it together you know yeah, exactly. It's a viewing party, even though we're, you know, uh, quite a distance apart. Especially Tommy and I. Yeah, yeah. a couple thousand feet. <laughs> the theater's going to die. Yeah, it's all I've Tommy's fault. Nothing ever die, really but... dies. No, I mean, I, it, it won't die, but there's definitely going to be a big shift. And I think that studios are still trying to hold on to that, get back to normal after COVID. But I think that, like, the change has already happened where people got yep. used to streaming at home and you know changing their media consumption in general and they're going you know what i just don't really miss the theater like i did it first but now i'm kind of used to not going and they're gonna have to produce a different product or give us some different reason you know a big push was for 3d and that obviously fell super flat because it was like okay yeah it's 3d you know some people get headaches from it and it costs more than a regular ticket like you're gonna need some sort of gimmick or change in the industry to get people back. And you know, a lot of people said that television and movies was the death of radio, but obviously the radio has just changed forms over the years. And now it goes mm -hmm. to internet radio where you are listening currently a podcast, you know, Boom. Do -do -do -do. And so I think that the, the distribution platforms might not be the same, but the content will change places. And I think that's kind of what's happening. Yeah. You no yeah. longer go to pay at a movie theater so your distribution is is no longer like through there. You kind of just get it at home or plus Apple's going to buy Disney anyway. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, boy. All oh. movies will be done. Yeah. Aaron's got home. Oh, hi, Aaron. She got home early. Well, so that Mike can put the AC back on and go smooch his wife or I don't know, whatever couples do. That's why I got gum. Oh, so <laughs> you can smooch her. Gross. I think we're going to end the podcast there. What movie would make you go back to the theaters? What's, what's the movie that would make you? Let, me, let us know. 1L2M Productions. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Reddit, or... No, I think that's all of them. <laughs> what a podcast. You know what I'd like to go back to the theater for? Would be a, like a three-part miniseries or something that was high quality. They served dinner. You know, it was kind of like the Alamo, like draft house style where you get dinner and you 
can have drinks or whatever you know don't whatever they, i think people do. Uh, i think that's the only way i'm going back yeah but i'm saying with like a mini series so there's like a break between it's like okay you just watched an hour and now you get a 15 minute break and then you watch another hour and you get a 15 minute break and here's the finale that'd be fun oh i see what you're saying i see what you're saying <laughs> i was okay and anyway, i was like what are you talking oh so it's kind of like dinner theater but it's with a Bruh, movie watch limited time a limited yeah. hbo series what which series? Chernobyl. Imagine watching that in theaters. With oh, like a that'd be scary. That'd be really great. Well, we'd love to hear from you. So reach out to us. You can also reach out to our website, which is 1L2Mproductions.com. And if you'd like to donate to the cause of chaos, you can head on over to our Patreon. And last word of the day goes to, and guess what? I got a D6 this time. Your D3? I don't have a D3. It's just going to be you. You're cheating. We know it already. Oh. So Tommy is one and four, Mike is two and five, and then he was three and six. So it's the five, so it'd be Mike. Mike, take it away. I'm telling you, my mind is so big, I've disproven the multiverse theory. Mm-hmm.